Like most clergy, I have a file folder, always growing, of readings for memorial services. One of my practices when I'm preparing for a memorial service is to read through those poems and excerpts, looking for just the right words to capture the spirit of the person I'm helping us to remember. It's a spiritual practice, really, reading through those pieces and trying to find the one that feels suddenly perfect. I always find the right readings somehow, but as I look through my pile reading and sifting and thinking, I can't help but notice poems that would be perfect one day for my mother's service or for my uncle's. Here I'll find a reading that makes me think of my father Here's one that's just like a dear friend. It's a casualty of my profession, I suppose, that I think about the reality of our impending deaths so much. And the reading through of memorial poems and elegies becomes a rehearsal for what I know will someday come. I want to talk today at our annual Remembrance Day service about the experience of losing our elders. And I do this so acutely aware that I still have my own parents, those people who come most readily to mind when we imagine our elders. But the truth is I have lost elders, as have we all. Our elders are not just our parents or our grandparents, they are all those who have held a space of teaching in our lives, all those who went before us in some way, all those who we have looked up to or seen as somehow building the path ahead. Many of you, I know, have lost mothers or fathers in the last year, and this community as a whole has lost elders just in these last few months people who formed who we are as a congregation. On occasion, our elders may even be younger than we, but hold the title of elder because of how they have shaped us. The recent death of Steve Jobs highlighted this idea for me, I think. He died at 56, too young to be an elder in the traditional sense of the word yet an elder in the imagination of America somehow, an elder statesman in our technological and creative lives as a country. When we lost him, we felt that suddenly we had lost the one we thought would continue to lead us, the one who thought of things first, the one who came before us. This is, I think, the particular sadness we experience when we lose an elder in addition to the loss of the person themselves, the loss of their presence with us and their quirks and their being, we have also lost the place they held in our lives and the place that we held because of that. In the world of pastoral care, this is known as role loss, and it is seen as a compounding of personal grief and adding on that makes it that much harder for us to integrate the loss into our lives. Of course, the death of an elder is not the only time we suffer a role loss. 
our keenest experiences of death, the ones that stand out most tragically in our lives, almost always bring with them a loss of role as well, the role of spouse or parent, niece, brother, or best friend. Our grief, already vivid and deep, becomes even more layered. I think, though, that the role of an elder has yet another layer. We lose the person, we lose our role as their child or their mentee or their nephew. And then we suddenly look around to find that we have also lost the role as the one next in line. Instead, we are first in line. We are the elder ourselves. This experience is crystallized for me in one of the readings I have in my file, a reading I've not yet used in a memorial service, but that I reread each time I look through the poems there. Something about it speaks to me. It's one of those poems that just sounds true. It is by Linda Pestan, who was the poet laureate of Maryland in the early 1990s, and it is called The Death of a Parent. Move to the front of the line, a voice says, and suddenly there is nobody left standing between you and the world to take the first blows on their shoulders. This is the place in books where part one ends and part two begins, and there is not part three. The slate is wiped, not clean, but like a canvas, painted over in white so that a whole new landscape must be started, bits of the old still showing underneath, those colors sadness lends to a certain hour of evening. Now the line of light at the horizon is the hinge between earth and heaven, only visible a few moments as the sun drops its rusted padlock into place. Move to the front of the line, the voice says. But I don't want to be at the front of the line, we may be thinking. I'm not ready, not prepared. I didn't think it was my turn yet. Of course, we cannot choose the moment when we reach the front of the line. For some of us, it happens far too early. That loss of the people whom we saw as elders in our lives, the circle protecting us. Sometimes it happens not through death, but through the drawing away that life requires, through the realization, perhaps, that the elders life has given us are not really who we want in that circle. More frequently, I think we have an evolving picture of our elders, perhaps especially of our parents themselves. But we still find, when we lose them, that the finality of that loss catches us off guard the finality of our sudden place, first in line. And so what do we do? Always that is the question when our heart is rent in two through loss or grief. In our religious tradition, we are less likely to ask why we suffer loss and death, seeing as we do that the cycle of life, however brutal, is part of the essential experience of human existence. But what 
and how we move forward, how we make some sense of this loss in our own continuing lives. These are the questions that we wonder about, the questions that we must find a way to answer. The answers aren't easy, I'm afraid, more like hard won. Daily, I am amazed by the resiliency of the human heart as I see people as I see you integrate into the story of your lives losses that appear at first unsustainable. We put one foot in front of the other. We tell stories and jokes and do you remember whens. We piece together an existence that we can survive until it becomes an existence we can once again love and we take our place in line. We find in ourselves the makings of an elder. We pretend we are one until we really are. Like so many things we do, this is a way of honoring the one we lost, the elder whose place we are suddenly thrust into unprepared. The way that we fill those places is so often a reflection of the person whose place we are filling. We might try to be just like them or to do everything differently, to uphold the traditions they held so dear or to begin ones of our own. Who we are cannot help but be shaped by who has gone before. It is by living our own lives, by filling the places and the spaces left for us, that we have the chance to continue the legacy of those we have lost. I think that's why I take so much care when I choose readings for a memorial service, why the selection of that perfect poem seems like the most important thing I can do that day. I want to help people to imagine the legacy that their elder, their loved one, their child, their friend has left behind for them. In the first moments of grief, it can be hard to see exactly what that legacy might be. Sometimes the poets can point us, at least, in the right direction. And sometimes the poets can simply help us name what we are feeling. Sometimes that is what we need to acknowledge the depth of our grief, the loss of our dear loved one and our own sudden catapult into a different world. The slate is wiped, not clean, but like a canvas painted over in white so that a whole new landscape must be started, bits of the old still showing underneath. I love this image. In fact, I want to invite you for just a moment to close your eyes and to see it with me. The slate is wiped not clean but like a canvas painted over in white so that a whole new landscape must be started, bits of the old still showing underneath. We might paint over our canvas a thousand times in a lifetime, changing brush strokes here and there as we experience loss and love, loss and love. Sometimes we experience a loss so deep that like the poet, we find a canvas painted over entirely in white. But even at those times, 
Even when it feels as though we must start the picture from the very beginning, we find bits of the old still showing underneath. The legacies our elders have left us, little gifts from our friends and our lovers, helping us to shape the brush strokes as we put brush to canvas once again. Almost exactly a year ago, my family lost a very dear friend, a man who was an elder to me. I was honored and scared to officiate at his memorial service. The first time I had officiated at the service of someone I had known since before I knew myself. So I put on my best professional demeanor for the preparations, the meetings with his family, the calls with everyone who was helping to tell his story, the emails letting folks know how to coordinate their remarks and their arrival on the morning. I almost made it through, too. I lost it, of course, when I sat down to choose the readings. There, on my parents' sofa, I tried to find the right words to honor this man who had shaped my life, who had shared Thanksgivings and Christmases, my wedding, childhood vacations. No regular words would do. Bob was an individual hard to categorize, in some ways hard to know. But when I found the poem, one from the Roman statesman Seneca, I was sure it was the right one. And it was reading that poem in the living room of my parents' house that I was able to mourn to forget about the role I had been asked to fill and simply remember the man I had lost and begin to see how to fill in the canvas, to see how he would have wanted the picture drawn, what legacy he left for me to live into, to see what kind of elder he was to me and to imagine how someday I might be that kind of elder myself, to see myself beginning to move to the front of the line. In a few moments, Mary will lead us through a meditation and we will share our candle lighting ceremony. As you experience our time together today, I invite you to remember your canvas, painted over time and again. And to know that every brush stroke, every color you choose, is an homage to those who have gone before and a guide to those who have yet to come. For our elders and for we who are learning to be elders now. <laughs> 